Welcome back to the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. In today's episode, we have another edition of our segment we call Conversations in Grace, in which members of our team here at GLF have an unscripted conversation on a topic relevant to our new identity in Christ. Today, we're back with Jesse and Tim as they talk about law and grace. Okay, here's Jesse. Welcome, everybody. This is Jesse Sampson. I'm here with our lead pastor, Tim Chalice. How you doing, Tim? I'm good. A little worn out after a long trip, yeah. but I'm back and Disney good World. to go. Yeah, Disney World. <laughs> Pay a lot of money to go see a bunch of fake animals, and then the kids <laughs> saw this squirrel, and they stopped, and I'm like, no way. You are not stopping for a real animal. We paid too much money to go look at fake things. Let's go. That's awesome. It was That's fun. Awesome. It was good. <laughs> Well, knowing Disney World, it could have been animatronic. You just didn't know it. That's true. I wouldn't know. I mean, it's they that do a pretty good, good job. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, tonight we're going to talk about law and grace, and I guess the balance between the two, or the fact that we can't balance the two. Yeah, great, that? great edit. <laughs> yeah, uh, the fact that we can't balance the two, although many people try. Uh, Frank had a good quote. I think it was Frank. It was either Frank or you. But I hope said, it was me. Yeah, well, it was good, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he, he said, you can't have both law and grace. Grace plus law doesn't drive you towards Christ, and law plus grace will ruin grace's freeing power as you fix your eyes on anything other than Jesus. Both are ruined. There is no balance. Yeah, that, that's a that's one of Frank's quotes. It's a, it's it's true. You cannot. You, there are two mutually exclusive dynamics or systems or economies, however you want to put it. Um, and I think most Christians um, try to live in some sort of harmonious balance between law and grace. They think that they need enough law to keep them on the straight and narrow, and they need enough grace when they when they fail to stay on the straight mm-hmm. and narrow. And um, the truth is, they're two totally different economies. The law ministers. It serves us death and condemnation. The law was given to point out sin. That's the purpose of it. That's why God gave it. That's what he designed it for. Um, He loves us so much that he wanted us to know the root of our problem was sin. And the law kind of roots it out and shows us what the problem is. But it doesn't do anything to fix it. Right, right. right. And so, so can you imagine walking around on planet Earth and all you heard was what your problem was all day long? Mm-hmm. Right. This is your problem. This is your, pretty soon you're going to turn around and cry. Well, how do I fix it? Right. Well, God also solved that. Right. There's the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, teaching us to live righteously and soberly in this present age. Titus two eleven and twelve, and that grace of God is Jesus. So you can't mix Jesus with anything because you don't need anything but Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And so many Christians try to add the law to Jesus, yeah. and in in doing that, you're you're being ministered death and life at the same time. And that's why I think so many Christians live in this um, this place of frustration, this place of, of discontent. Sure. Because they are they are mixing yeah. the grace of God with the law and hoping they'll find life that way. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's the misunderstanding that the law was never meant to to make to justify you. That's right. It was never meant for that. And we're constantly putting ourselves under this thing, and we're saying we're going to do this, or we're going to we're going to we're going to come to a point in our lives where we've justified ourselves before God, which is religion. Yeah. And 
we're going to make ourselves right that, yeah, by that, this law that God gave us. But that, God never intended it for it to be that way. No, that's a great point, Jesse. Romans 3 says no flesh will be justified by the law because the purpose of the law wasn't to justify flesh. Right. The purpose of the law was to point out sin. Right, and to lead know, us when, to Christ. That's right. And when we think about that, you know, I don't, I don't know that we're walking around, most Christians are walking around going, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not sure. steal. Thou, I mean, th- th- those, mo- they, those might be some... I don't know, subconscious things going on with them. Most of us live under this law of our own doing a mm-hmm. lot. You know, the law of shoulds and expectations and ought nots and, you know, I should do this better. And we just feel like, and, and I think people can relate to this, do you ever feel like you're just not enough for God? You know, that, that God wants more out of you, that God expects more from you, that mm-hmm. even if you read your Bible Every day this week for 15 minutes, you could have done it for 20. You know, even if you're raising little ones right now, even if you did it well and you got them all bathed and fed and tucked into bed at the right time, tomorrow's coming. Are you going to be good enough tomorrow as a dad? And even if you, you know, I just feel like we are always trying to measure up to try to be approved of. And so we're under these laws. You said of our, uh, you know, we put ourselves under the law. And I think we live much healthier lives, spiritually healthy, if we don't should on each other. We don't put the oughts and the shoulds. Mm-hmm. God doesn't do that. What if we could convince people that God isn't walking around going, you should be better? Right. You should do more. Mm-hmm. What if God tells the Christian what all he's done in them mm-hmm. and that they're already approved of and already pleasing, and now they can walk in the freeing power of his grace Instead of under the condemning weight of the law, yeah, right, yeah, and that's the difference between the old covenant and the new, right? And the, the promises of God, and I think that we get those mixed up. I, I think that a lot of people look at it as, well, I'm supposed to be more like Jesus, yes, and in being more like Jesus, what did Jesus do? And we look at the life of Christ, and he was born a Jewish man under the law, and he was he was doing all the things he needed to do to fulfill the law. And so we see that and we say, well, if Jesus was under the law, then I need to follow the law. Right. But then we see Paul says, you know, there's 613 plus laws in the Torah and in in Jewish, all the Jewish customs, all the laws that they had, right? So if we're going, he says that if we're going to, if we fail in one aspect of the law, we failed all of it. Right. That's right. Right. And then Jesus sums up the law in one word. He says, love. Yes. So there's a... There's a difference in economies there, right? Absolutely, and there's a difference in personhood, right? I mean, we're not Jesus. We're not the Messiah. Sure. He came to fulfill the law. Yeah, he had a purpose. That's right. For, His purpose was obeying to fu- the law. Exactly. So that, so that what? In the law being fulfilled, then he could grace us, gift us with himself, mm-hmm. that we would not be under the old economy of the law. See, we were born in Adam, sinners, separated from God, under the economy of law, chosen in Adam. Well, God fulfilled through the work of Jesus Christ what the law demanded. You were not up to the demand. I was not up to the demand. No matter to the demand, no matter how good we are, no matter how much we tried, no matter how how well we behaved, we weren't up to the demand of the law, which says, "Be ye perfect, even as God is perfect." Yeah. Right. There was one man of all time up to that demand, and it's Jesus Christ. He is perfect. And so he gifted us with what he accomplished. That's why Romans 8 says what the law could not do in making us righteous, God did by sending his own son. Yeah. So it's, it's really good news to know that we're not under the stringency of the law. We're not under the, 
the the immediacy of the law. We're not under the 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 weight of the law anymore. We're free from it. In fact, Romans seven. This is a powerful passage. It says we were made to die to the law that we might be joined to another. So we were joined to the law at birth. We were made to die to that. That's Galatians two twenty, Romans six six. We died to the law so that we could be joined to another, which yeah. is Jesus. Yeah, and Galatians two nineteen says, "For I through the law am dead to the law that I may live unto God." And when we think about that verse, if we if we reverse it, it means that if we are alive to the law, then we're dead to God. That's right. That's right. And that's that's heavy. Uh, I mean. I've never done that before, reverse that verse, but you're good at that, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. actually, I think I stole that from Frank, but, <laughs> well, that's, that's, but it's awesome. No, I mean, it's, it really it's really good, awesome. and, it, and it makes sense. And, and when you think about who wrote that, this is, this is the Apostle Paul, ex-Pharisee, yeah, law, sure. law teacher, law yeah. liver, right? right? I mean, this guy— I think was, God knew what he was doing when he Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's some power when you think about who wrote that, what he came from, yeah. right? You and I didn't come from that background, but we certainly can understand the the freedom that comes from not living under the expectations and demands that we put on ourselves or that we ex- we think that God may be putting on us. I mean, Paul was right there and he was he was doing it to the best of his ability and he says, "You know what? There's no life in that. Mm-hmm. There's no life in that." Yeah. yeah. That's good. And uh, Jeremiah says that the uh, I think it's in Jeremiah 17 it says that the the laws will be written on our hearts. And that's the new believer. That's the new covenant. Yes. Not the new believer, but the new covenant, right? Yes. That's the new covenant message that the laws are written on our hearts. Yes. So go into that a little bit. Um, what is that? What does that look like for us? I mean, we how do we how do we I guess the question is how do we know that it's not, you know, all the rule all the rules yeah, of the Torah are no, written a, on that's our hearts. That's a great question. Lots of lots of believers think that. They think right. that what God wrote on our heart is the new new creation right. or that we're free from the mosaic law but not the 10 commandments right, right? so right. a lot a lot of believers say well we still follow the 10 commandments but we don't have to follow the old you know 613 laws right. in the old So there Torah. were 613 laws broken up into the moral law the civil laws and the ceremonial mm-hmm. laws and a lot of what has happened in modern Christianity is we have seen uh, that we can be free from the civil and ceremonial laws, meaning we're not following the ceremonial washings and all of that stuff. We're not right. following necessarily the dietary restrictions. We're, we're not, certainly here in the South, we're not doing that. We're no. eating crawfish and shellfish. <laughs> um, but, but we still say we're, we're not free from the moral law. And really a good, uh, faithful Jew would not have broken them up that way. It was all the law, and you were, you were held to all of it. And so when we look at that and we go, well, how, are we free from the Ten Commandments? I mean, think about that. Think about if you told a Christian, um, God doesn't expect you to live by the Ten Commandments. I mean, that yeah, that, that just sounds crazy. Right. Sounds heresy. like heresy. But when Paul's <laughs> talking in Romans 7 and he says, look, we were made to die to the law, the, the example that he gives is the law of coveting. Right. It's one of the ten. He says, I was made to die to that law. I'm free from it. And I don't live under it any longer. In fact, he says, the, the problem isn't the law. The problem is that the law points out sin, and mm-hmm. sin is the problem, right? Yeah. And so the problem is not the law. The problem is what mankind is doing with the law. We're using it improperly. It wasn't made for a righteous person. It wasn't made for the new creation. The new creation 
Christ's energy, the new creation's fuel is the spirit of Christ. The, the old law is not made for the new man. And so, so there's, there's no freedom in going back to try to put ourselves under these old laws when, when God wrote a new law on our heart. So when, when we think of the laws written on our hearts, a lot of Christians think that's the, the Ten Commandments. Or, or the the mosaic, or, or the rest of the law. Actually, when Hebrews quotes it, the author of Hebrews quotes it plural right, that the yeah. laws are written on our heart, and I believe these are the new laws in the new covenant. Which are which are the the new commandment I give you to love one another as I have loved you. Right. In James, it's called the royal law or the law of love. In Galatians, this is what's written on our heart. God has written Himself in that sense, the Spirit of Christ on our heart. We've been circumcised at the heart level. We've got a new heart with God's desires there. Mm-hmm. And, and when you think of laws, think of, think of constants, right? A law is a constant. What's the constant in Christ? It's love and it's acceptance and it's grace and it's joy and it's peace. These are, these are what's un- immovable in the believer now. These are your possession. These are your mm-hmm. birthright in Jesus Christ. This is written into you. That makes sense. I mean, that law, that love would fulfill the whole law. Right. Because if you're, if you're loving, you're going to, you know... You're not going to murder you're, somebody. Right. You're not going to break you know, the law. That's right. That's right. You know, if you're going to follow the, the law of love. But, but we're getting there not by trying hard not, not to break the law or by trying hard to follow the law. We're getting there because we've gotten there by the gift of Jesus Christ in our heart. Yeah. He fulfilled the law, and then he gifted us with his own nature, his own spirit, right? right? And that resides within us, and we have been transformed from within. And here's the beauty, and we've talked about this before. We don't desire to do the things that would be unlawful, mm-hmm. even though that's not what we're following anymore. Right. Because love fulfills the whole law. Right. And I think a lot of people would listen to this, and they would say, well, without the law, I mean, there's rebellion. Yeah. There's not there's not this this love, this grace that you're talking about. Without rules to follow, there's total rebellion. But I mean, we see rebellion even when there is no grace. There is only law, right? We see um the Old Testament, the Israelites yeah. constantly, even after they had the law, they're constantly in, re- in in rebellion, right? I mean, having the law is not giving us uh, more freedom to sin. It's just pointing out the sin that we're doing, right? That, that's right. It's, Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. When people say, "Well, if you take the law away, well, you're going to have a license to sin," right? I love what Andrew Farley says. He says we were doing just fine without a license, yeah. right? It it doesn't give us a license to sin to take right. away the law. It actually, it, it, listen to this verse, Romans ten four, for Christ is the end of the law for everyone who believes unto righteousness. So it's not, it's not that the law is over with or done away with. It's still in effect. It's still in force. But who's it for? It's for those who have not come to Jesus Christ. Unbelievers. Right? And so it's, it's for the unbelieving world. Why? Because God wants, he so loves them. He wants them to see that their problem is sin. Right. Their problem is their separation from him. And the law points that out. And the law does it perfectly. And the law is set apart to do it. It's holy for that purpose. Yeah. And when it does it, it's really good because we come 
we come full circle to our senses and realize, oh, I can't just try harder to be good. The problem is this thing called sin, and the law points it out. So God is gracious in allowing for the purpose of the law to be effective for the unbelieving world. But once we've come to Jesus, so Galatians 3 says the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ. Once we have come to faith in Christ, we no longer need the tutor. Right. Why? Because we've got, we've got the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I want the tutor anymore? I've got the teacher inside of me yeah. with the same heart that he has. Yeah, and, and I love like what John Lynch talks about in, in wearing your mask yeah, and how law creates that in us as a church. If we can't come together and, and be who we are and be honest with who we, who we are because we're putting ourselves under these laws, we're hiding and, you know, and we're doing these things, eventually all this stuff's going to come out and it might be too late. Yeah, You know, we see people, even pastors who, who may fall yeah. at some point and they do these things that they're hiding and they're hiding because they're putting themselves under these laws and they're creating a mask for themselves that people don't really see who they really are. They just, they're just seeing the mask. Right. And John Lynch has some beautiful stuff to say about that. Yeah. If I think my acceptability or my approval comes from being perfect, right, mm -hmm. then I'm going to have to hide when I'm not. Yeah. Otherwise, you won't accept me. Right. And, and, and there's the dilemma in the church today. We, we're posing. We're, we're hiding because we're afraid that if we ever get known, if we ever get vulnerable, if we ever get transparent, if somebody finds me out, they yeah. will reject me. Well, guess what? God not only has found us out, he placed himself within. We are not rejectable. It doesn't matter how we act. I'm not saying it doesn't, it, I shouldn't say it that way. It's not based on how we act. It matters how we act, but it's not based on that. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we fail, when we mess up, because we know our identity is secure in Jesus Christ, because we know we're under grace and not under law, because we know that he gifted us. That's what grace means. He gifted us with acceptability and approvability, and he mm -hmm. made us new and righteous. I no longer have to hide from you, Jesse. I can admit to you that I'm weak and vulnerable, and sometimes I mess up. Lots of times I mess up. I, I can admit with my wife that I mess things up. I can admit my failures and my weaknesses because my security and my worth and my purpose and my value are tied squarely to Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished, not to myself and what I can't accomplish. Right, and when we're basing ourselves off of the grace, like you said, the gift that, that Jesus has afforded for us, we don't have to worry about that. That's right. Right. Now, this is by faith, right? By faith, It doesn't right. mean by it faith. feels that way. No, I mean, this, yeah, right, this right. is This is where the rubber meets the road. It is hard. It is hard to trust, and that's why intimacy and vulnerability and relationships matter. It is hard to trust that you will accept me yeah. if you know me like, that way, right? As John Lynch says, if you know me on my worst day. Right. Well, guess what? God knows us on our worst day, mm -hmm. and he accepts us as we are. Because he made us that way, not as we think we should be. So the perfect Christian, if we have an idea of a perfect Christian, it's not someone who's following the law, but it's someone who's bathing in that idea of grace upon grace upon grace. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And Romans 7 says, apart from the law, sin lies dead. That's right. Amen. We're under grace. Romans six fourteen. It says that we will not be mastered by sin anymore because we're not under law, but we're under grace. That's how free we are. That's how good this news is that Christ lives in us. It's awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks, Tim. 
Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Conversations in Grace. We'll be back again next Friday with another interesting conversation for you. But don't forget to tune back in on Tuesday as Pastor Tim shares the second half of his series, Practical Grace. Okay, we'll see you next week.